Awesome. So today, um, what God has particularly put on my heart is um, called from the tree to the ground. From the tree to the ground. And um, I brought this image out, actually. Um, if you can see over there, the image of a tree for a particular reason. Because most oftentimes in our lives, we find things to be very simple, right? And our simple understanding of life, our basic understanding of life. If I want to climb a tree, what do I do? I, I find a spot to put my foot, right? If, what's the goal though? To be on top of the tree, right? Whether to build a clubhouse, whether to do anything, whether just to, to get a bigger view or a better view of, of my surroundings, right? I would climb the tree. The weirdest thing about, it's not weird in a bad way, but that may, may not be the best word to choose. But the strangest thing about God is that he works a little backwards. He actually starts you at the top of the tree in your journey. Say climbing this tree was your life's journey, right? And, and you're often taught in Christianity that you climb the tree. You go from the bottom and you go up and you climb and you ascend to the top, right? That's how... That's how corporations work. That's how businesses work. That's how life works, is you start at the bottom and you work your way up. If you go, if you're an employee uh, and, and you want to thrive in a company, right, and you're brand new to the company or to the workforce or to that category of work, what happens? You start from the bottom and you kind of just maneuver your way up, right? You take advantage, you, you, you see what you can do and you keep climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing till you reach the top. Not understanding that this, this is how life works. This is the unfortunate thing about how life works. But this is not how God works. So God, remember, like there's, there's a verse in the Bible that says that his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. His plans are way above and far beyond our plans. Our plans, we start at the bottom, we climb up. That's how man works. When you talk to people, you, you're out there in the world, you're not in the presence of God, you're not dealing with church, things are not by grace. You only get things you deserve, right? But with God in his kingdom, it works quite the opposite. If there's something called inception, I don't know if you guys ever heard of, of, a, of a word called inception. And inception is that you have a starting point, that you are planted in a starting point, okay? So right here, we think our inception is down here with God. Where like, oh, I come into to, to, to the, this is where the church has got it wrong overall. Is that we start people down here saying they're down here and then we make them climb. We make them work. We give them a reward system for behavior. And then we tease you and say, here's $100, just keep following. Right? That's, that's kind of how it, it's worked. It's like if you want to be somebody, if you want to do something notable, if you want to be anybody for God, for church, for life, for anything, that's kind of how it works. You do good, you get rewarded. You do bad, you don't get rewarded. But the beautiful thing about God is he starts with our inception. When we first believe in Jesus Christ, we start with an inception at the top of the tree. So we start with a plain view. Being in a plane. We start with a skyscraper view. We start with the view of being on top of the tree. Okay, and I'm going to have to prove this in the Bible, of course, right? Because then it's like, oh, that's a good idea, but I mean, it sounds revolutionary, but is it really God, you know? Because I'm pretty sure God works on a do good, get good system. If God worked on a do good, get good system, we would all be doomed. Every one of us. Every one of us would be doomed to to corruption, to receiving a bad reward because we've all done wrong, not just against God's standard, but against our own standard. So here's, here's the, the, the focus. We're up here, and the title is From the Tree to the Ground. Why did I titled it that way because I wanted to explain is that you start in the tree, and it's up to you whether or not you fall down. So because God plants us in this tree, we're up here, right? This is, the, this is the, the, the nightmare is that people have decided I'm going to jump out of the tree and I'm going to climb the tree anyways because I don't like being planted at the top of the tree. I don't like the fact that I start at the top of the tree. And you'll get what I'm explaining right now. So 
We're taught to climb. We're taught to grow. We're taught to, 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 to focus on these things and to, and to make this, this something up here and climb and reach toward it. But that's not Christianity. That's actually not Christianity. That's Judaism. Judaism is the religion that Christianity is based off of. That's other religions of every other religion, even being a, a Buddhist, is a do good, get good system. You do well, you get good. You don't do well, you get bad. Jesus doesn't necessarily throw the system out the window. He just uses it against itself to bless us. Where he does good, but he gets our bad. We do bad, but we get his good by simply having faith that it works that way. That's the simplicity of the gospel. That's the simplicity of being a Christian in a nutshell. So we kind of been taught it backwards, right? You climb up the tree versus being incepted at the top of the tree. I've been planted at the top of the tree. I'm in a plain view. I get to see things from a bigger perspective. The bigger perspective is always better. The, gr- the greatest in, in investments are, are yes, yeah, some of them are risky, but most of them have to do with being able to see, foresee, looking past today. Where is this going to be? Where is this company going to be? Is the world going into technology, technological advancement? So people have invested in companies like Facebook and, and WhatsApp and things like that and all these different apps, right? And then next thing you know, it's like the world is ruled by apps. It's like, whoa, anyone who invested in apps, if they could foresee, if they had the plain view, right, they would have invested in apps. And you would be rich right now. It's crazy. So um, this is the challenge. So I'm kind of like going to do this in a very funky way, but I'm just going to write it big. Grace is the top of the tree. Law is the bottom of the tree. So I'm about to ruin like some childhoods here, right? Because everyone, if we go by law, law is at the top for most of us, right? We put the law in front of us and we try to achieve the law. We try to do good. We try to be moral. We try to be excellent. But the Bible says that way achieves death. Being in pursuant of the law and its morality and trying to do good to please God or to somehow be right with God is that my actions Um, determine whether or not I'm right with God is a form of using the law approaching God with the law versus starting on the top is that you're you're started in grace as a Christian as a believer that means I don't it's not by my performance it's because of Jesus performance and what he did on the cross for me it's not what I did it has nothing to do with me whether I do good or do bad makes no difference on what he did on the cross My faith in the cross is what saves me. My faith is that he did it all is what saves me. So I start where you have people say, okay, here's the, here's the, here's the finishing post, right? I'm right here in the finishing post, but you have people that are over here and you tell them, oh, work, work, do good, do good. And try to get to the finishing post. But from here, you start here as a Christian. You start in the finishing pose that you're taught. This is the law. Oh, become holy. No, 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 you're made holy. You start holy. Become righteous. No, 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 you start righteous. No, 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 okay, well, 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 uh, uh, do this and do that and then you can be righteous. No, 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 you start there. So Galatians 5, 4 says, Christ is become of no effect unto you Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. Using the word fallen means grace is up here. The law is down here. To live by the law, okay, is to live in a fallen state. The reason we live sinful lifestyles as believers in God, the reason why there's a lot of hypocrites that are believers in God, the reason why there's all of this is because we still have some form of legalistic ways about us that we still think it's about our performance, that we still think it's about, oh, I feel right with God. No, you're right with God by faith, not by how you feel. It's not based on if you feel clean or that you don't feel clean. 
It's based on the fact that he's declared you clean. And do you believe that? Because if it's based on how I feel, then it's very teeter-totter. It makes the ways of God very inconsistent. Very subject to your feelings. Do you think God, in his greatness, in his perfection, is so unwise in his perfection to make it based off our feelings? No. He's too perfect. He's too amazing. He's too, he's too, his knowledge is superior to the knowledge of the world outside of his system. This is what the Bible teaches. But people have taken things out of context and they've made it about control. Control. Let's control their behavior. Let's monitor their behavior. Let's, let's, let's make sure that if we say this, that they do what we said. So, Christ has no effect to those seeking to be, to be justified by the works of the law. Being justified by works means you are looking at yourself and not looking at God. You're looking to yourself. Okay? Being justified before God by good works means that I'm looking to myself to perform God's righteousness. That God has a standard. Okay? If God has a standard and I'm working to somehow meet that standard, then Christ has no effect to me. Christ has no effect to the people who say, oh, here's the starting post, and then you can become complete. If you work these, this path, then you can be made complete. No, no, no. You start complete. You start complete. You start made whole. You start there. You don't work to be made whole. Because then you're under the law. You're doing good to get good. And it's not by faith that his goodness is your only goodness. So, law robs faith. So if we live by the law, if we live by a system of trying to attain God's righteousness, it robs us of faith. How does it rob us of faith? Because when I fail the law, what happens? I no longer think that God is for me. I no longer think that God is on my side. I no longer think that God is that God wants to bless me based off my performance or based off my lack thereof. Law robs you of faith. It disqualifies you because you look to the law and you say, well, I haven't done it. I've lied. I've cheated, I've stolen, I've done some. I've dishonored God, I've made something more important than God. I've done that in my life. And so if you've done these things in your life and you're like, well then I'm disqualified, I shouldn't even enter church. I shouldn't even go to a building that even praises God because I'll probably get struck by lightning. Notice that statement is a works mentality. I'll get struck by lightning if I enter church because we think that we're disqualified by the bad we've done from receiving from God. That statement alone shows that we are in a works mentality. This is what we're here to preach against. It says, that's why it says, those of you who are justified by the law, if you think you're justified by you fall from grace. So remember, the tree, right? We don't start at the bottom and climb up. Our inception is at the top of the tree. We're made complete. Romans um, 11, 17. Romans eleven seventeen says this, but if some of the branches were broken off and you being a wild olive were grafted in, grafted means like placed in the tree among them and became partaker with them of the rich root of the olive tree. So Israel, the Judaism is the foundation of, of our Christianity. Okay. Christianity, people who are saved by Jesus, right, are grafted into the tree. Their, their inception is into the tree as a branch. That means you didn't have to go through the bottom of the building up of the tree. You didn't have to start as a little sprout or a little bean in the ground, growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. You just got to be a part of the fatness of the rich tree. It says the rich tree. And you're placed right as a branch on the top. There's our proof in the Bible that we're placed at the top of the tree as people who believe in Christ, right? Then check this out. The law shows us how sinful man is. That's what it's for. The law is not for me to go and, and try to reach its holiness with my efforts. It's to show me how unholy I am so that I see my need for God. 
Every day, if I look to the law, it's going to make me self-aware that I don't qualify, that I'm not good enough, and it destroys my faith. It robs me of faith because I no longer think that I have any right to reach out to God. A lot, uh, I, I've got, gotten this lately with my emotions. It's like I don't respond like I used to respond emotionally to bad things. Uh, bad things would happen, and I'm not really that emotional about it. And I'm just kind of been like simple about it. And I realized that whether I'm emotional or not makes no difference to the situation. If I present my best self to doing what's next, right? So I leave the guilt. I leave the shame. I leave the condemnation. I leave the feeling bad for myself. I leave the pity. I leave all that stuff aside. And I just understand that I'm currently right now in this moment, right with God. And I have everything I need supplied by God. I am the most capable I've ever been to move forward. It's that simple. But do we believe that way? No, not yet. But we're getting there, right? We want to get there in the different areas of our life. No one's perfect. But there's grace for that. That's why there's grace, because it's not a matter of where you are on the chart of ups and downs. Oh, I'm down today. Well, there's grace for for how low you are. Well, I'm up today. Well, maybe you should um, acknowledge that you're down and you'll get more grace, right, to overcome. Like Paul says, I'm the chief of sinners. He acknowledged himself as chief of sinners. Why? So he could get more grace. Not because he was saying, oh, I'm going to go out and sin more and, and, and become be this terrible person and that's why I'm chief of sinners. No, I see the ability in myself to be the worst sinner. I see it and I'm willing to look at it today that way I can receive more grace so that it's not by me, that anything I do is by him. Well, Angel, I don't know about all this grace stuff. I don't know about like, you know, it being God, I work pretty hard. I do a lot of good work, right? We get this mentality, oh, I work really hard, you know, and I'm tired and I have proof that I work really hard. If, we, if, I, if I were to come for you and I'm like, hey, Jeff, let me pray for you that God remove all the grace in your life. He's like, nope. Where would he start, Jeff? Second. Where would God start if, we, if he removed all the grace out of your life? Yeah. Okay, if he did that, but where would he start with us individually? Start with your breath. Yeah. Did you earn your breath? Were you a good baby? <laughs> right? Did you perform God's law as a baby? Did you do all his righteousness and holiness and abstain from all the bad things? No. You actually probably lied probably into your first few years, right? Like, we, we no. It's like, you know, hiding and then secrets and then like, you know, covering up messes we made, right? Covering up our shame. Like, we start that way. So it has to be by grace. It has to. If it's on any other basis, it's a fallen basis. It doesn't have no standing. So the law robs us of that. So Galatians 3.12, check out what this says. And the law is not of faith. Wait a minute. The law is not of faith. It's talking about the law of Moses. It's not of faith. But the man that does them shall live in them. To live in them is to not have access to God because you're under a disqualifying law, a law that disqualifies you. As a human being, you're immediately disqualified by the law. So to try to live under the law is to immediately disqualify yourself from God's blessings. The law is not a faith. It's about performance. It's a demand. It's a taskmaster. Do. Do to get. Do to become. Do to become. Do to become. Don't do to become. To become what? Holy, righteous, right? That's what the law is. That robs us of faith because we're human beings and we have no ability to do enough good to be right before God. Check this verse out. Galatians 2.16, knowing. So knowing, knowing means we should stay knowing, right? Staying, staying in a constant awareness. That a man is not justified by the works of the law, okay? But by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even, Paul says even, so he says, a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even Paul who was of the law and could not boast in good works of the law needed faith. Paul was of the law, so he was saying, even me. Even I need to do it by faith, even though I did the good works of the law. Paul was blameless according to the law. 
We call him a murderer and rightfully, rightfully so. But do you understand that as a, as a Jewish person who was protecting his religion, he really thought he was doing the right thing. And to other Jews, he was blameless. In his cause, he was blameless. He was righteous in his cause. Self-righteous. That's what self-righteousness is, right? It's to see, oh, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. I, I know it better than you. I'm smarter than you. I'm, I'm more than you. Right? You're this. Like, don't you dare talk to me like you know. Like, right? It's not, it's, it's not humility, of course. It's self-righteousness. Some of the worst sins, like murder, come from self-righteousness. You think about the Middle East. Self-righteousness. Our way is better than yours and you should die because you don't believe our way. And that might be a little too technical or, or political, but I'm not trying to go there. I'm just trying to point out that self-righteousness is a big root of why we do most of our sins. So check this out. We have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. No flesh, no person, no human will be justified by the works of the law. No person will be justified before God because they climbed the tree and reached the top. If you, if you try to climb the tree to reach the top, you fall from grace. God throws you off the tree. That is the only way to lose salvation is to think you can work for it. That's a bold statement, I know. But what that causes is what? Is if I fall from grace, if I think that I'm right with God because what I do, when I don't do, I don't believe I'm close to God anymore, right? This is, okay, I'm not close to God now. That means I have no source of power to overcome sin. So guess what? Every person who's in sin as a believer is under a works mentality. Is under a works mentality. Because if you were close to God, you would have the strength to overcome sin. If you believe that you were close to God only because Jesus died for your sin and that alone, you would overcome your sin. But we don't overcome because we think that our mistake has somehow distanced us from God. And we, and we, we go back under, under the law. We're now disqualified. We now can't have faith. When in reality, we righteously can have faith. Even though I'm not perfect. I can righteously have faith because Jesus sinned. Jesus paid for sin. No, it's okay, actually. Let's, 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 let's go for it. It's about what you're saying. Um, so is that kind of like what you're saying is that believing that you need to go by to get to the law system going up? So you're kind of like denying the power of God. Yes. Power of the Holy Spirit. Yep. Which is the only one for you to Yep. Okay. So... Galatians 2.21, I do not frustrate the grace of God. So look at here, you can frustrate God's grace. You can frustrate it. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Faith is on the side of grace, not on the side of law. What is grace then? Grace is unearned favor from God, unearned blessing from God. I don't deserve to be blessed by God, but he blesses me anyways. Faith is this, I didn't see it, I don't see it, but I believe it's happening. So, I don't see how I could in any world be right with God. But I believe it because I look at Jesus and I say that his innocent death is a payment enough. I didn't see the payment happen, but I believe it's paid in spite of not seeing the payment happen. That's why it's, by, it's founded in grace. It's through faith. The, uh, Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not that of yourselves, but it is the gift of God. So, by grace, through faith, 
You didn't earn salvation, but it was given to you. You had faith that it was given to you in spite of you not deserving it. Okay? This is the system of thinking. And it's done that way. Why? So that no one can boast. Whether you're this good or you're this bad. So that no one can say, I'm better than you. It's the great equalizer of all humanity. Grace is the true message that will bring peace between giving human beings a, 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 a connection to each other that is not self-righteous, that is not judgmental, that is like, you're a human, I'm a human, I love you, and, and, and I can make the same mistakes as you, that you made any day. Grace is that, the ability to get there in our culture, in our society, and in, in, in all that. We're not saying it will. Not everyone's going to hear the message. But this is the message of Christianity. So, check this out. If you proceed from faith then, right? If we're starting in faith, this is the trick. We're made righteous by faith. We're healed by faith. We're made whole by faith. We're given peace by faith. We're provided for by faith. And we're given the nature of Christ by faith. Okay? Check out what Paul says in Galatians, starting at verse 1. I mean, uh, Galatians 3, verse 1. You foolish Galatian who has bewitched you, before whose eyes Jesus was publicly portrayed as crucified. So he's put a spell on you, because he's saying that they're believing wrong. They have a wrong belief. The only thi- this is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Did you get God's Spirit because you were good? And you did the works of the law. And you were moral and upright and perfect in all your ways. Is that why God gave you his spirit? No. God gave you his spirit because you heard about the spirit. And you believed that you could get it in spite of yourself. And you got it. Check this out. Next verse. Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit and are now made perfect by the flesh? So you started off believing it's by grace. But now, somehow, somewhere along the line, someone's convinced you that you have to climb the tree. Jump off the tree. We tell believers, jump off the tree and climb from the bottom and climb up. And make your way up. That's what we've, we've changed it into. But it says clearly here, are you not made perfect by the flesh? He's being sarcastic, right? Verse 4, did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? So he's saying our suffering would be in vain if it was by works. So then does he who provides you the spirit and works miracles among you do it by the works of the law, by the hearing of faith? So he even says, do your miracles come because you're good? No. Your miracles don't come because you hear that you could be healed and you believe it in spite of yourself, in spite of your mess, in spite of your sin, in spite of coming short. You can still get it. it he, he even gets a little bit deeper. Even so Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him righteousness. So he's pointing out that Abraham received righteous standing with God by faith, not by his efforts. He wasn't a righteous man because he did righteous things. Abraham actually lied twice in the Bible. He lied twice. Under the law, Guess what? He would have been an unrighteous man. But guess what? It was by faith. There was no law yet. When Abraham was around, there was no law of Moses yet. Moses comes after Abraham, not before him. So, check this out. What does all this mean? I start with faith. Colossians 2.10 says, And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. We start complete. We start our walk with God complete. Today, It's up to you, but you can start brand new and complete. Check this out. This is is kind of crazy. We believe, even though we can't see it's there. So why would someone who's provided for try to be provided for? Why would someone who is the healed try to be healed? Why is someone who is clean try to be clean? Why is someone who was made whole or made complete in him, right? That word complete means made whole. Try and be made whole. Even better. 
Why would someone who's been made righteous try to become righteous? No. You're not that you're not that way on the basis of your works. You can never achieve righteous standing on your efforts. You can never achieve you it's almost like it's almost like this. If if God heals you, okay? And then you mess up. And then God takes the healing from you. It's like the biggest Indian giver in the world he would be, right? But he's not that way. It's like God providing for you and saying, hey, I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to help you out, right? And then you mess up. So he's like, oh, I'm going to take the provision away. I mean, you can squander the provision. You can squander the, the healing. You can go get yourself sick again. We're not saying you can't do that. But we're saying when he gives it, you didn't deserve it in the first place. You didn't deserve a right standing with God in the first place. So how you beginning in the spirit are now made perfect by the flesh. So our, we don't sustain our righteousness by good works as well. We sustain our righteousness by continually believing that we're righteous in spite of proofs every day that I'm still human. Every day you will have a proof that you are still human. That you fall, you, 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 you're a sinner, you, you make mistakes, you do the wrong thing, you say the wrong thing, you act the wrong way. Every day there will be proofs. This is why it's by faith. The more I believe I'm righteous, guess what? Even though I'm not healed, I'm still the healed. Even though I don't feel clean, I'm still the clean. That keeps me in a good conscience where I can still have faith so that inevitably that can become my reality. That'll inevitably become, I believe I'm righteous, I make a mistake, and I still believe I'm righteous, I make a mistake, I still believe I'm righteous, and I make a mistake, I still believe I'm righteous, and, I, and I'm, and I'm in, in an addiction, and I'm in a trouble, and I'm in something, and I'm in something, but I come back to I'm righteous, I come back to I'm righteous, until the moment where I understand and have a revelation that that's my state of being. That's my state of being. And one day it dissolves. It dissolves. You, you put it this way. Sin, being a sinner, is a noun in the Bible. Okay? We, we talk about this all the time in Bible study. It's a noun in the Bible. Which means it's a state of being. So if you have a sickness, right? Are the symptoms your disease? No, they're a, re, they're a response. They're a reactionary thing that comes after. You, if you have diabetes, you have symptoms that show you have diabetes, right? If you're a sinner, you have symptoms showing you're a sinner, which is your sins. Okay? You're given an exchange, a righteous being, state of being. Where now, I have a sickness called righteousness, and because I have faith that I'm righteous, apart from my works, that I can't help but do righteous deeds. So, I'll wrap it up with this. This, is, this will help. Romans 10.6 this is the Bible, though. This is the Bible. So this is what, what the Bible is saying about us. But the righteous, but the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise, saying, Not in thy heart, who shall ascend to the heaven? This righteousness is by faith. It's not by your feelings. It's not by the many visible proofs that you're, you, you still do sins and mistakes. That's not the real you anymore. When you make a mistake, that's not the real you anymore. You have to reject it. That's not the real you. You have a new heart. You are a new cre creature in Christ. You are a new creation. And you have to walk in that, that new standing. That new state of being that you're given. But this is the problem. We get this state of being. We believe it for a week. We abandon it once we make a mistake. Or we think we're abandoned by God because we made a mistake. In the Gospels, they had it different because in the Gospels, Jesus hadn't died yet, right? So the payment for sin hasn't happened. He's still alive. So in, the, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So they had him in person. Okay? A lot of people would say, oh, I'd rather have Jesus in person, right? I'd rather have Jesus in person. But this is the beauty of what he did. When he died on the cross, he gave the whole world access to it. When he was in person, he was just... 
with the Jews. He was just whatever, wherever he physically was. He blessed them in spite of their sin. Women with the issue of blood. The fact that she touched him was a sin according to the law. But he healed her. Zacchaeus, robbing people, tax collector. Basically robbing people blindly because he would overcharge in taxes. Then Jesus had a meal with him. Jesus treated him like he was a righteous man. It's like, it's like telling, it's like you have a kid and, you're, and you tell them, you're just a dirtbag. Do you think that that's going to produce any good in your kid? No. But if you tell your kid, if they make a mistake and you say, you're still my son. And you constantly remind them, you're still my son. I don't like your behavior. Your behavior is not pleasing to me. But that doesn't change that you're my son. In a relationship, let's go a little deeper. In a relationship, if, if you're, you're the person you, you are in a relationship with is constantly saying, well, you know, I don't really know if this is going to last. Right? If, if, if you put the relationship in question, you can't earn that back overnight. You create insecurity. Insecurity breeds bad behavior. If I'm right with God, in spite of my behavior, and I understand that I'm clean, I believe that I'm clean. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So I believe I'm clean, then I start believing I'm clean. I think I'm clean, I believe I'm clean, because Jesus died on the cross, and then I live clean. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You can't separate it. It's impossible. You can't separate someone who truly believes that God is for me and he's by my side and he'll never leave me, he'll never forsake me. What, what do we mean when we say that? A lot of people say that, right? But then they still believe they can lose. Oh, there's some, oh I can separate myself, right? Can't. If you believe like that, you get that. If you believe the other way, you get the other way. If you believe you can backslide and leave God and, and, and there's no hope for you, guess what? You'll have that in your life. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That works for the good and that works for the bad. Check this out. So we start with unseen power. We start complete, right? We proceed from faith. That means I have this generator of energy that I can't see. And because I believe I have it, I'm healed, even though I may not reflect it right now. I'm provided for, even though right now I may not look like it. I'm saved, even though right now I still live in a body. I'm righteous, even though right now I'm struggling with an addiction. It's that understanding. But I have the source of power that I can never be separated from that's going to give me strength to continue my journey in spite of seeing visible proofs that it's not yet happening. This is faith. This is why faith is the only thing that pleases God because it has nothing to do with man and everything to do with what Jesus did on the cross. Yeah. It's his faithfulness, not our faithfulness. The children of Israel, I'll give you an example. They're not under the law of Moses yet, okay, in this context. That means the law of Moses has not came. They left Egypt because they cried out to God and God helped and God heard them, okay? He pulled them out of Egypt, not because of their obedience. He didn't deliver them from bondage because they were good. He delivered them because they cried for help. They had faith in God that he would come and deliver them. So guess what? He came, he delivered them. God blessed them with gold, with silver, with miracles. He demonstrated himself through the splitting of the Red Sea. All not on the basis of their works. None of it was on, it was on the basis of faith. Check this out. And they were even complaining. They didn't even have complete faith. They were complaining, showing doubt. And God still was faithful in spite of them even showing doubt. So God's not expecting in our human bodies that we would even have perfect faith, just the grain of a mustard seed. That's enough. That's enough. So, it wasn't by the law. Moses was not given the law yet, so it was given by faith. How do we know that? Because they were under Abraham still. Abraham was made righteous by faith, right? So until the law of Moses comes in, everyone after is made righteous by faith. 
It's not until they ask for the law. They ask for the law. Then, they left their bondage and they found freedom to live by faith. Okay? But they didn't like it because they were used to slavery. They were used to climbing the tree. Reward. Reward system. You do good, you get good. You do bad, you get whipped. Right? They were used to that. So guess what? They needed the law. That's why they asked for the law. They were righteous by faith, but they still asked God for something to do to show them that they were right with him or they were good with him. So he gave them the law, and inevitably it shows them what? They're not good. There's none good. There's no not a single person that's good. So God gave them manna. He showed them the way. He provided food. He provided currency. Not one of them was sick, the Bible says. Not one of them. Two million people leaving Egypt. Not one of them was sick. They had sandals, and the Bible says their sandals wouldn't fade. They wouldn't erode. They had, they had holy sandals that would like not, not erode. All this was because God was faithful. Had nothing to do with them. Had nothing to do with them. So, they proceeded to ask for the law. Law makes faith void. So after the law came, they were judged for the same sins they did before the law. So when they murmured before the law, when they complained, guess what? They didn't die. But when the law came in and they murmured and they complained, guess what? They died. We're not under law. We're back under grace. The same grace that was given to Abraham. That was in shadow form. This, on this side, we actually have Jesus dead for our sins. So we have the real McCoy. That's what they say, right? The real McCoy. Okay. I, I'm, you know, sometimes I, I remember things backwards. But um, God, this is the, the funny part, okay? So they got to a point where they were in, they were out of Egypt, and they told God, you hate us. You hate us. You brought us out here to die. Okay? And that was the root of their unbelief. The reason they didn't have faith because they believed, they didn't no longer believe God was on their side. The reason we struggle with faith, this is why law makes faith void. Because we believe that somewhere along the line we've done something or we see our suffering, right? We see suffering in life, our things we go through, and we think that that's God's punishment because of our misbehavior. And then we're like, God must hate us. God must hate me. I must be cursed. I have to be cursed because I, why am I suffering? Why am I suffering? And it puts you in this position in your mind where you just feel like hated by God. They were suffering. They were going through things. Right? So it's saying that even though we're under grace, we're still subject to humanity. People can still make bad decisions. And guess what? If you make a bad decision, if you put your hand in fire, it's going to get burned. You can choose to put your hand in the fire, but you can't choose if it's going to be burned. That's free will. But we have grace. So God brought them out without obedience. And what it took for them to get out of bondage, Israel came out of bondage because God's faithfulness, not their own. So what is the, what is the method? What's, what's the real meat of the story? Is that we have to rely that God, God, God is faithful. He sustains the earth as it is right now. He continues to sustain the earth. He's faithful. He brought them out in spite of their behavior. He's faithful. And if he's faithful in that, if he says you're forgiven of all your sins, past, present, and future, you're forgiven. He's faithful. But it's up to us to believe that and have a true conviction that that's our reality so that we can have the, the true product of believing that, which is Righteousness as behavior, which is provision, which is peace, which is joy, which is love, which is being supplied for by God. Grace is about God supplying. Law is about God demanding. God brought them out. They made the starting pose the finishing pose. The starting pose is that I made complete. Right? That's for the believer. But we, in the past, have made the, the starting pose, the finishing pose, saying you have to work to become complete. You have to work to be holy. You have to work to be righteous. The Bible says, be ye holy for I am holy. But in Hebrew, it means you are holy for I am holy. God's declaring you holy because he's holy. 
because you're His. Holiness means separated. I'm separating you because I'm separate. So if you're mine, you're separated from the world. It has nothing to do with how you look on the outside. So, do to become ends up being the biggest lie of the devil. What does he tell Adam and Eve? Do to become is the biggest lie of the devil. He tells Adam and Eve, hey, eat of the tree, then you'll be like God. Guess what? They're already like God. They were made in his likeness and image. They started that way. They started at the top of the tree. And then he made them eat of that tree and say, if you eat of this tree, guess what? You'll be like God. But they're already like God. Oh, do this and you'll be righteous. Pay your tithes and you you won't lose your salvation. Give us the church money and then you'll be right with God. I'm going there. Because that's how we're we're taught and to believe. It's like, oh, if I don't give, then I don't feel right in my heart. You know, it's it's, it's this whole thing. It's 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 optional. Because guess what? If I take half, if I if I do half the work, then I get half the credit. My part is letting God do all of His part, which is everything. And then when my actions, oh, this doesn't mean sit down and just sleep. No. (laughs) <laughs> let, let things happen this means is that every action I take is in rest is that I'm not in a rush that I'm like is this the way God okay here we go is that the way yes and then because it's his way I rest that it's his way I'm, I'm in rest because I know that all things work for my good so there's no way that if I do this it's going to turn out bad It's the most, I, I believe, the most healthiest mindset you could have in life. It's wholeness. Grace brings wholeness, wellness, goodness. It's like, this is, the God, this is good news. This is good news. Instead of like, oh, you know what? Like, every one of you in here, stop sinning. You know, like, then God will make you holy. Come on. And then, won't you just give? And then God will bless you. God will honor you because you're honorable. It's like, it's all... <laughs> You hear these in, in modern church like there's no tomorrow, right? And it's kind of sad. But at the same time, this is why we're here preaching it. This is why we're starting Conquer Church. This is why we're doing this because we have a conviction that this will produce more character in people than the other way. So check this out. This is the last part. These are some finishing thoughts. You don't walk to become, you are, so therefore you walk it out. You are, therefore you walk it out. You don't pray to be close, because that's frustrating. God, I want to be close to you. People say, draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. That's a verse in the Bible, yes, but use that in context. It's written to unbelievers. Draw near. As you draw near, unbeliever, he'll draw near to you. It's not talking about people who are already in faith. You are close to God. So, take advantage of your closeness to God. Have a relationship with Him. Oh, I sinned? I'm still close. Still talk to Him then. Get, pull yourself to the understanding and awareness that He's closer than He's ever been. We're, we preach, you're not close to God to people instead of preaching you're close to God. You're not righteous instead of saying you're righteous. It's a, it's a prophecy that even if you don't believe it, Right now, if you do believe it, you're right with God. It's a, it's a prophecy. Because it's by faith. So if, you, if I present something as a fact and tell you this is the truth, you're saved. Right? Guess what? You're predestined to be saved if you believe that by Jesus dying on the cross. You become predestined for salvation when you become totally convicted that when Jesus died, buried, and resurrected for my sins and that was enough nothing extra nothing added you're predestined for salvation so you'll be baptized you'll be filled with God's spirit you'll, it's inevitable those things are for us to see we need tangible proofs that God is working in our life so he says okay here's baptism here's the Holy Spirit um, this, is the, this is the fun one I want to defeat the devil I'm trying to defeat the devil right I'm trying to defeat him 
when he's already defeated. When, like in, I, you've seen people in the beginning of the services, I bind you, devil. I break you down. And like by the end of the day, it's like, at least they're talking about me. <laughs> at least they're talking about me. That's his, that's his say, you know. Instead of saying, you're defeated. I see visible proofs that you're not. But by faith, I'm believing you're defeated. That becomes your reality immediately following your faith. That's how faith works. You don't see it. It's not always immediate. It's a seed. It means it's planted and then it bears fruit. That means it's inevitable. So if you believe God can heal you and you're sick, then guess what? You'll be healed. You'll be healed. And if he decides to take you home somewhere in between, then even praise God even further because the hope of heaven is greater than living in this body. I know we have such an attachment to life and death, but the hope of heaven is greater than living in this body that's decaying, that's dying, that's fading away, that gets older and that hurts and that aches and pains and that gets more sinful as we get older. The Pharisees, when um, Jesus um, said, he who has no sin cast the first stone, have you ever noticed in the story that the oldest left first? To the youngest? The oldest left. As we get older, we get more sinful, get more creative. Um, Start with faith. Because anything without faith is sin. The Bible says that too. Anything without faith is sin. The only way you're truly in sin is by not having faith. That it's by faith. You're in sin by thinking it's works. That's the true sin. By thinking I have to somehow earn my way to be close to God. Because then I put myself under the law and then I'm under the condemnation of the law. This is how we frustrate and fall from grace. It's quite the opposite, right? We were told, well, if you're in sin, guess what? God's not for you anymore. You better go fix that and then come to the altar and give your gift. Right? Using verses out of context. But this is the hope of God. And this is, this is the last thing. Law is not a faith. It's going to disqualify you by your actions every time. The law makes you aware of your sinful self. Falling from grace means that you reach down from your starting post and you've jumped off the tree. Um, Faith and grace are the higher ground than the law. God puts you on higher ground. You're not here where the law is on the ground. You're up in the tree. Stay on the higher ground. God always gives us the perspective to truly see more. Grace is the truest, biggest picture. The truest, biggest picture. Grace shows us the truest, most biggest, widest perspective. That way we can make the best decisions. It's like starting a business with money versus starting it without money. You, start, you, you get to start with money with God. And over here, you don't. by yourself, you don't. You start in debt. You get to work out the money, from the money you have to create this business, to live this life, to do these things, versus being in debt and working to earn the money to get out of debt, then start a business <laughs> with no money. <laughs> so um, this is today's lesson. Um,